So tonight's uh, topic is uh, trying to be our best in the situation of challenging relationships. Uh, no one should think that this is going to be a uh, quick fix for that kind of situation, but hopefully at least somewhat helpful, or at least a start in that process. So just to uh, sort of give some context, uh, we have halacha in the Rambam. Um, someone who you have a relationship with, or even any person, acts towards you, uh, simply would be on a single occasion, but it could even be if something is ongoing, in a way that's hurtful to you, calls it kishayechte ish leish, hurting you in some way, acting in a way that's painful. There's a way to approach that. And in fact, it's a mitzvah of the Torah. All we imagine is the best way to approach a situation where someone has done something, said something, or relating to us in a way that's painful to us. Of course, we should speak to the person. Ask them what it's all about. Of course, in a manner that uh, gives them the benefit of the doubt that it may have been essentially unintentional, or maybe there was a complete misunderstanding, or even if they failed, that they will be willing to take responsibility and sincerely apologize. And the Rambam says that this effort to go to speak to the person and ask them why they did that, what it's all about, is actually a mitzvah of ocheach to ocheach secha. So when we do that, we have to have a mind. I don't know if uh, the mitzvah is contingent on that, but it would be kedai to have a mind. Hini mucham azuman, the kayim, this mitzvah of the Torah. Of, um, are we also going to have in mind that we should be loisisal? Are we also going to have in mind that? And are we also going to have the mind of the loisisal al chay part of that? Absolutely. Definitely should be the most respectful and um, or not at all, or not at all, supportive fashion. The Rambam later discusses about how to speak to somebody when they are having their own personal failure in Torah mitzvos. How you only care for them, you want them to have olam haba. There shouldn't be any tain against them, and he connects these two. So obviously, it should be done in the most uh, respectful and gentle and caring manner, and essentially because. You want that there should be a good mutual understanding and true caring for one another. And the expectation is that the person will apologize. Other Rishayim spell out on this Pasuk in Pasha's Kedoshim that they may, he may be able to explain that there was a misunderstanding and really there really was nothing wrong at all or not what I thought. Okay, that's the ideal situation. Um, of course, in, in, in that context, we should talk about our feelings, how we felt when they did or said or didn't do what we needed from them. And uh, if they apologize sincerely, like the Rambam says, we should accept it, we should believe it, and give them the chance to try to be better in the future. And so we should also explain to them what we need from them, it would be reasonable to uh, 
explain what we need in a positive sense. This, is this is purely Ben Adam Lachaber you're talking here? Yes. We're talking so Ben Adam Lachaber. Pure Ben Adam Lachaber. Just saying, oh, you just be Michael. Like, what do you have to explain anything for? If you were the one who was hurt, so be Michael and then get, be on your way. And you're saying, mm-hmm. as part of that, 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 that seems to be a secondary step. It's not really Negea. The Rambam in the second paragraph talks about being, being, you know, you know what you need for different uh, various that you do. And the one you have to go and ask Mechila for it. That's on the the guy who did the offense. As the one who was offended, in the you have to be mindful. It's a whole other level. Right. It seems like there are two forms of Ochech Tochiach. There is one to try to help the person in terms of his own mitzvah observance. And then there's the Ochech Tochiach as it applies between me and him in the Benam Lachaveru way. And somehow they are both contained in the same Pasuk. But that's for a different topic. If anybody knows how to explain how we see these two concepts from the same Pasuk. But that's, that we're not trying to uh, get involved with right now. Just trying to sort of set the stage. So all this is quite understandable, it's quite amazing, it's considered a mitzvah of the Torah, and we could see how, in, in where things are essentially in a good state of affairs, that it's possible. I once had experience in yeshiva, I was relating to one of the Talmudim in a pretty unfriendly kind of way without being, without being fully aware of it, he brought it to my attention. I might call you, Rabbi, I might call you. I appreciate that very much. It wasn't, um, it wasn't, it wasn't me? No, actually it was not you. Um, and he did a very good job of pointing it out to me, and I realized he was right. I realized uh, where it was coming from and why it was a misunderstanding on my part. And after that, things, Baruch Hashem, got um, quite good. So, wherever we can take this approach, of course, we should, and it's the mitzvah of the Torah. This is not a situation of a challenging relationship. This is a relationship. Because people are prone to, as imperfect beings, to mess up, to fail, to overlook, to forget, to be insensitive, to succumb to other forces within them, and at times not do the right thing or do something wrong towards another person. But if it's possible to speak to one another, come through understanding and uh, proceed forward, trying to be better, then, Be'ez Hashem, things can be good. How do we define being in a challenging relationship? Now, of course, when this is not possible, even if um, things are not horrific, but if, if it's this kind of situation where I can't, bring the other person to their awareness the fact that they may have been hurtful and sensitive, overlooking something. They're not able to hear that and receive that. I think that's an indication that we're in a challenging relationship. That will be a clear indication. To define it, though, to give more of a definition I think we can use the Chobos Alvavos that we learned before together, where it defines obviously essential mitzvah, obviously Israel, 
with the mushal of the travelers who are in this very challenging situation. And the only way that they could all pull through successfully is if they will forge a true unit and become a real team, one for all, all for one, where everyone wants everyone to be cared for and they're able to make a plan together that will be for the best benefits of all the members of the group. When they can all contribute to creating a real team, then they have a what it takes. They have the substance. They have the qualities of a good relationship. Where that's not possible because there's too much of the individual's needs that are overwhelming them and don't allow for that kind of openness and self-awareness and viewing the other members as part, or other single member, as part of one unit and one team together, where the goal could be that the needs of both or all should be cared for as best as they can do together, that I think is sufficient to be defining the situation as being in a challenging relationship. And the truth of the matter is that it could be quite an achievement to even come to realize this in many aspects of life because it's really very important to us able to have the at least the potential it may take work to achieve a real team real good team uh, identity where we're really working together but to come to an awareness that the way things stand right now this is not within reach this is a very hard thing to accept as our reality it's very easy to be in denial but it's not Kedai to be in denial about it. Because when we deny that we're facing a certain challenge, we certainly can't address it because we don't accept the fact that it exists. So we just keep on doing the same things and hoping that everything will go as we would like until the next disaster comes along and um, things are not working out in a very big way. So we're much better off living in full reality of the awareness that we may be facing the challenge of a very challenging relationship. And as we mentioned in the previous Chabura, hopefully what can help us to realize it and accept it is the recognition of another aspect of reality, knowing, understanding, knowing the truth of, having the clarity of the fact that the real definition of our existence in this form, in this world, is not for the mere present success and good enjoyment that can be provided for us purely here and now, but essentially the definition of our life here is as a means of growing personally, spiritually, of bringing the full innate spiritual potential 
that we have into actuality, and that is only accomplished by facing the challenges that are precisely measured out and delivered to us exactly as our neshama needs. So, if Rabbi, there is, can I ask a question? Almost. Give me, give me, give me uh, two seconds. So, if we are in a situation that carries with it a significant challenge, we do not have to be in denial about it. We can embrace it with the knowledge that this is what has been perfectly designed for our spiritual achievements, and it's okay. It may be quite a, um, a feeling of loss of what we had expected, hoped, assumed, imagined, but nevertheless we can trust Hashem that He is giving us what we need, and we can embrace that reality as being good. Go ahead, Yaakov. Um, I, re- I definitely remember having a conversation with, with Rebbe one time mm-hmm. about uh, this topic and about arguing on the first point that Rebbe made about being, you know, like in order to get to the point where you know what you have wronged or not wronged, whatever means need to be fixed, whatever you've wronged somebody, and that, um, that I, I, I brought out that if you're a person who is validated all the time and therefore can't handle that forever your life I remember the example I gave you that your whole life you've been going around picking your notes in an unhealthy way and nobody ever told you because you wouldn't be able to handle it and then at some point you finally get a hopper who's good enough to tell you he tells you but you don't believe him anymore because like you went through your whole life without anybody telling you that you had your nose you know you're picking mm-hmm. your nose in public mm-hmm. you just don't believe it and so the, the whole reality of what you're facing as any potential uh, thing that needs to get fixed up and, and either or otherwise it needs to get fixed is all, all on the level of where you're holding. You know, can I get your chaderim or avayim? Because uh, anything else, you're never going to get out of that rut of not knowing anything. Um, I'm not clear on the question. I'm just saying that the, the Rebbe's saying that in order to get to the op, to, 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 to get to a, a place, it would be the best thing to get to a place where you know what you're supposed to fix or not supposed to fix. And you can only fix it. It would be quite common for um, people to have this limitation of not being open to hear where there could be some room for their improvements. Um, even of a significant fashion, um, even when it's presented in a very respectful and sincere way. It may be quite common that people are just not able or willing. They are overwhelmed by the, the same powerful forces that cause the not such good behavior is also blocking the capacity for awareness of it. So it's quite, um, quite common that people find themselves in challenging relationships. Very often it could be both sides. I guess, you know, I'm taking the approach here that uh, since we're coming to this Chabura, we're trying to be open to hear where we could benefit from some inputs and how to improve ourselves 
as best we could. And um, maybe even the fact that we may notice this, this uh, challenge in other people can help us recognize it in ourselves, you know, as opposed to um, assuming that, you know, we are totally okay and only other people that we see around us have the problem. We will be able to turn the microscope on ourselves as well and say, oh, maybe at least some of this I also suffer from in some manner, shape, or form. Like Abishol says, we shouldn't get too upset at people that resist the union of Limit Musr because um, even by us, the Sikhlos is overpowering in many areas. So we don't mean to like take the approach of oh, we're all, you know, 100% okay and we're not suffering from anything that is being described here. We just mean to say that we're trying to discover it as much as we can, but in the meantime, we have to go by what we see, and there's levels and levels, you know. There could be someone who is somewhat blocked from seeing where he's deficient, and there could be someone who is very blocked, who is very resistant, who, who creates an entire persona that makes it impossible to come to speak to him. That's um, you know much more difficult and challenging situation. So the next question would be, um, you know, I, 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 next ingredient I would say is to realize that this type of behavior, like all behavior, has a cause. It's not that somebody uh, um, premeditatedly sits down to decide. Oh, I want to undertake a mode of of relating to people where I cannot allow anybody to come and point something out to me, to share with me what they need, to show me where I may have failed them, somehow acted, spoken the wrong way, and thereby not be able to have a good relationship with somebody, and not choosing that in some kind of a sinister fashion. There are some powerful force or forces within the person that is the inner fundamental cause for that behavior. And um, I think that's helpful because, again, it makes it, enables us to be more understanding of the situation as opposed to just seeing the external effect, the external behavior able to see that there's something going on behind the scenes that makes us able to deal with it much better. Um, I don't know if I want to give any examples yet, so we'll hold with that. The next step would be trying to understand a little bit what is most commonly the cause of those behaviors that creates the situation of a challenging relationship. What is it that is blocking people from being able to have that openness, that receptivity? So I believe that most commonly it's coming from some form of significant weakness or very great pain or fear or shame, as we heard about on Tisha B'Av. 
or all of the above, where the person's needs for their own emotional stability are so powerful and push in directions that are very uh, sometimes seemingly irrational. But once we understand how those powerful inner forces can produce their behavior, it becomes quite understandable. Uh, by definition, when it operates within the person, it's um, pretty certain that they're not aware of what it is that's driving them. Because that's why it's so effective. They really can buy into whatever behavior they're using. Uh, we'll try to give some examples, um, just as examples. But it's only because there's some conscious justification, explanation of why it's warranted that it's able to work. Because if we would realize that it's really coming from those uh, very powerful emotional weaknesses, needs, deficiencies, then it wouldn't be able to be so effective anymore because we know what it's really all about. So you're essentially dealing with a situation where the, 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 the underlying cause is quite deeply buried. It has to be hidden from the person to be able to work but nevertheless, it could produce some very powerful results. Anybody here heard of the work of John Sarna? He wrote about how many times the person suffers physical pain that the body somehow produces to mask the emotional pain that's what is the real cause of the person's suffering. The emotional pain is even more difficult to deal with, and somehow the body has the power to um, somehow engender, uh, or the person has the power to engender physical pain that is essentially masking the emotional pain. So, in a similar way, maybe a Kalvachomer, a person can adopt underlying attitudes, sometimes those also are very deeply buried, to, to mask and protect the person from the awareness of the really critical underlying severe problem. Now this is also a very difficult thing to come to grips with because um, it's quite... Uh, painful to realize that somebody who is a very important person in our life, whether it's a, uh, a friend, a Rebbe, a business partner, a spouse, a child, you name it, is someone who has very significant weakness and emotional challenges. I could be producing the behavior that prevents the best form of relationship. I think I should spell out, because it's very important to clarify this, that that kind of a relationship of good teamwork does not mean everyone is the same, doing the same job, doing the same role, all, you know, so to speak, on par, so to speak, with one another. 
you can have in a team a coach. Who is the coach? He, has, he is the one who must be the leader. But nevertheless, he's the one with the team. The Rambam talks about, by the, by the, uh, the mission of Telecha Chover, the, the peak level of friendship where they're striving and want to be helped by one another to reach the Taiv. And he says, this is like the love of a Rebbe for a Talmud and Talmud for a Rebbe. So he gives us the mashal for the closest of two Chaveirim, the love of Talmud and Rebbe. After all, a Rebbe is still the Rebbe. There's no mistaking the roles, there's no confusion of roles there. But there could still be a closeness that they are working together, that they want to be held by each other, that there's a real oneness between them, while the Rebbe still remains the Rebbe. My uncle, my father's second marriage, the speaker Rebbe of Hashanah, said he wants to be part of a Chabura of Erlechayidin. He was exhorting his Hasidim to be Erlechayid, true good Jews. said he needs to be part of a Chabura of Erlechayidin. <laughs> He's still going to be the Rebbe. There was no question, he was the Rebbe, they're the Hasidim. But he says, I need to be part of a Chabur of Erlachayim. So that kind of a oneness can exist together with the Rebbe being the Rebbe, the Rebbe being the Rebbe, the parent being the parent, but there could still be a real togetherness. So just to touch on a few of the sort of common uh, manifestations of where the emotional challenge plays out that makes relationship very challenged. Besides what we mentioned about the lack of receptivity, there could be, of course, um, the need to control. That's giving a person a sense of power. Again, if they're underlying feeling very weak, then this could be a... uh, a pseudo-power. Of course, all the superficial attempts don't really work because they're not addressing the real core issue, as we heard about. But this is what can happen. There could be um, someone who is constantly criticizing. On the conscious level, they believe that they're being very helpful. The other person needs to be corrected. They need to be corrected very strongly. They could think it's very virtuous, but it's very damaging to the relationship. Um, There could be a fear of being rejected that causes the person to keep someone at a distance, to prevent the closeness, because if they get close to me and find out who I really am, they're for sure going to reject me. Of course, this is all unaware to the person conscious level. So they think that all that criticism or all that aloofness or absenteeism is um, warranted for some good reason. But real is just an attempt to stay distant out of fear of being rejected. Of course, there could be, as we talked about in the past, competition at every level or in every situation. I could, I could see every conversation as a means of a competition to be the winner and to win the argument. 
that's very different than a good, honest, open, sincere exchange of ideas where each one is eager to hear what somebody can share with them, even if they are very far apart. There could be uh, extreme vulnerability where any disagreement is experienced as crushing negation. Where if I'm told that I'm wrong, it means that I'm totally worthless. Because, and, and therefore will be considered like an attack. And justify a, an attack back. Because the person is so, so vulnerable when someone expresses a view that's different than theirs. There could be taking on an entire personality form of being a victim, seeing yourself as, if not everybody, many people, or even one person, is out to get me. So I have to defend myself because... I'm under constant attack. And that could also be taking place in the unconscious. If you want to see like, you know, how many levels there could be, you can read John Bradshaw and Shame, and you can see talking about level, on top of level of protection against that underlying real cause of everything. And I think there's an aspect that applies to the parents specifically, which is not quite as frightening in a way, it's really very good, that there's a very powerful parental need to have interaction and connection with their child. But sometimes it drives very uh, unproductive kind of interaction. But the essential need is a good one. The parents has a tremendous need to be connected to their child and be involved in their life. So sometimes they don't know how to uh, carry it out in a productive way. Maybe there isn't any easy way how to have a very powerful interaction and have to be sort of accepting of uh, more mild and uh, less intense kind of a relationship. And that will be really the best for everybody. Um, in my own experience, um, my father and I fought for years and years, every Friday night, about whether or not the Chavetz Chaim Derech is the crazy Derech or not. <laughs> After many years, he went to speak to the Rosh Hashiva, and the Rosh Hashiva called me in, and he gave me a, a, a thought about what he, think, he thought it was coming from. But uh, after some thoughts, and after many years, I have the, this, the sneaking belief that this was really what it was really all about. A very powerful parental desire to be interacting with their child. But, uh, like I say, sometimes it comes out in things that are doing more harm than good, or at least no good. So, um, where does that leave us? Um, all I could suggest is no, no simple solutions. But at the very least, if we can have this recognition, this understanding, this possibility that somebody's behavior is coming from a starting point of really great pain, great need, great fear that is not of their making, then at least we can have 
some compassion. We could have, we could try to have empathy. We could try to, like Shlomi talked about, try to put ourselves into that mindset, in that heart set. Imagine living in a constant state of feeling threatened, feeling put down, needing to put somebody else down to counteract my feeling down or having been or being put down. It could be very, very painful. It could be quite understandable when behavior plays out the way it does. Like I say, it could be a very hard thing to have to surrender the idealized view, the Hollywood version of you that we had for somebody who is an important person in our life. We want to look at them as, oh, just good and wonderful and perfect in every way. That's what Hollywood taught us how to view the important people in our life, that they're just perfect. In the Shev Rochus uh, speeches, you hear how the Chos and the Kala are shalem in every midah. <laughs> what I heard at some Shev Rochus was like, you know, no Godel could measure up to what was said about that Chos. So obviously, there's a need for exaggerated uh, view of a positivity that may also be coming from that need that I need to latch on to somebody, or be connected to somebody, or at least be married to somebody who is so great and so wonderful and so perfect and is going to take such total care of me. But that is not the reality. The hope for reality is someone that I can make a team with, and we could both be caring for the needs of the group, of the units, of the one, of the one entity that we are trying to create. But again, there are times where that is, where if we are honest, we can see that is clearly not possible, or not readily available. In the meantime, the best we could do is try to understand what is happening in its real true sense. That could hopefully enable us to temper our reaction, tailor our reaction, try to be relating to the person with the true covenant that they are worthy of. With understanding that they are truly worthy of covenant of their self, irrespective of any accomplishments, any great milas, any super abilities. I asked Rashivi once had a session in the sukkah, they're talking about the Shaduchim, the Roshiva said, if the basic Midas and Ashkafa is there and the conversation goes, then the Shaduch will work out. Unless there's something that bothers me, it could be any even a Mishigas, that's a blockage that could prevent it. But otherwise, as long as the conversation goes and the person has the basic qualities that you need to have, you know, the basic Yerushimayim, very basic, proper. Uh, so I asked Shiva, do you need to see anything special about the person? Shiva said, no. I wasn't convinced. I had to ask a second time in the same session. Do you need to see anything special about the person? Again, Shiva said, no. <laughs> that means that we don't really need to see anything special about the person. We can respect them just because they are a yid. That's <laughs> the that could apply to any Jew. Okay, we're not 
so, so much in the position, but because um, we should have it to some degree for every Jew. But at least the people that are interacting with, we could try to give them the covered of the true sense in a sincere fashion while having compassion. Does that mean that um, we have no way of response? Of course, there is a way of response, but it's not simple at all. I saw the Shiva do it in action. It was amazing. I don't know exactly what it was that Emerson was upset at him about, but he answered back very calmly, explaining. He answered the issue. He presented his side of it, but it was very calm. It was very benachas. That's manirach. We could try to present our position with sensitivity, with covert, like Chazal praised Yehuda very greatly for speaking to Yosef while he preserved the covenant of Yosef, who was a melech, he also showed clearly how Yosef was uh, at fault in this whole episode with Binyamin. So he presented the arguments in an absolutely incontrovertible manner. Yosef could not even maintain the charade anymore. But it was in a manner that I was preserving his covenant as a melech. So if we have enough of a clarity, we'll have more ability to do our best when a situation is very challenging. Sounds it shouldn't like be... It sh- one, one, one last thought from Shlomo Kalbach. It shouldn't be in a manner of bitl of the person. I once heard a recording, Zev Shapiro, was in, she was a years back, had a recording of a shear that he gave. On the on the mizmor of mizmor shiel yom hashabbos, and it says havul Hashem bnei elim chazal darshin al tikru bnei elim el bnei ilmin people that are mute that are are put down that are degraded and they don't respond. So he said, if you mavatel a person and say ah he's nobody he's garnished, then I'm not giving covered Hashem. The only way I'm giving cover to Hashem is that I accept this difficult experience with the Muna Bitachan that this is something that Hashem knows I need to experience and struggle with and rise above. Two more items. Um, it's very Kedai not to look at things as all or nothing. Even if something can't be as good as we would like it to be, as good as we would think we need it to be, there could still be some level of interaction, of relationship, that is still also worthwhile, even where it's a challenging situation. So it's good to look for that level, for that opportunity, for that time and place, where things could be better, and to sort of try to hop that as best we can. Without necessarily assuming that it's going to lead to more continuous upgrowth, upscale progression. And also it's very kadai for us to have the conviction and the understanding that 
course, we can only control our own part. But if we do the best that we could do in a given situation, then we should be sameach with that. We should value that. We should appreciate that. We should be able to feel good about ourselves that we are doing our part if we are doing our part as best as we can or trying to get close to as best as we can even if we cannot bring about on our own the fully, truly desired end result. And I think that's it for the presentation tonight and any additions are most welcome. Is there already? It sounds like you have... And he asked Rebbe Moiser to help his father get a certain position. And Rebbe Moiser said he's very sorry he cannot be helpful in this regard. And the person was uh, pressuring more and more and Rebbe Moiser just repeated he's very sorry he cannot help him in this. And the person got really agitated and very abusive and was speaking to Baha'i Moiser Godlador in a grossly disrespectful manner to be nice about it. To the point that when he finally was finished his tirade and he left, the people there were like amazed that Baha'i Moiser was able to stay so calm and not affected in the slightest by this person's barrage of, a, of a criticism and abuse to God Lador. Baha'i Moises said to them, don't you understand what's going on over here? The, the son sees his father is getting older and weaker. That's why he's not fit for that position. It's very painful to him to see this to see how his father is getting older and weaker. So, of course, I could not be upset at him when he is just letting out all that pain on me. So, when you see with full clarity into the depth of the person, then, of course, Bukhari Moiz read plenty else of what to draw upon not to be uh, overly hurt by somebody's uh, bad language towards him. He was who he was, and he was quite okay with it. <laughs> and uh, Probably not even contingent on his great godless in Torah, just his awareness of the godless of every Yid. And he had that in a very good way. So that could not be touched by anybody's lack of respect to him. But we who are weaker, it's only understandable when we are touched when somebody is very harsh towards us. So, but even there, there is a need to try to explain. <laughs> I remember many sessions with the Rashiva. The guys are screaming, screaming at the Rashiva. The Rashiva responses, no, it's not like that. No, it's not like that. <laughs> Just very calmly saying over his his position, saying what he holds. No, it's not like that. I remember one time the Shiva answering somebody with toughness. That was like stark. One time in about 20 years. 
of you know going back for sessions you know, close to whatever it is, 15, 16, whatever number. Or one time seeing Rashi respond with, with toughness. I guess he held the person needed it. Let's hope it helped. But uh, <laughs> and then he handled it, of course, because generally you know that was totally out of character. But we're yelling and screaming, and the Shiva is staying calm. So, this is a very great Givura, Izeo Gibor, Kaeve Shes Yitzroy, Taiverach Apayim, Migibor, Maishal Barucha, and Malaychidir. That's the peak Givura. A person is supposed to be Mishalel if he's able to achieve that Givura, the Rav says. A givura, that's the Givura of Haskil Viadea Isi. That kind of Givura, the Rav says, and Taisyantav explains in the first mission, the fourth paragraph of us, a person should feel the covet of himself that he has such Givura. Should feel the praiseworthiness is able to accomplish that. So uh, definitely have what to strive for. And so we have many years to uh, continue that pursuit.